Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone. A place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Ivan was a no bear tracker. Tom was a man with dreams. Ernie came along and I wrote the songs about a creature that few's ever seen. Monsters, myths, and mysteries, legend, tales, and facts. It brought us all together, and it's a reason for the fact. Up in North California, where the redwoods reach the skies. Three men with a gold and a pack that they'd hold, and a promise till the day that they die. Answers to the questions no one's found before. Driving determination, the only key they had to unlock the door. And welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, and we're coming to you from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the all new Exxon Broadcast Network and the Talk Star Radio Network. Email xzone at xzoneradiotv.com on MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com and our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Todd Standing, and he is a documentarian responsible for the Chronicles of Sylvanic and the website, www.sylvanic.com. That is spelled S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-C.com. Todd has developed a rapport with several First Nation elders uh, that has allowed him to document the native legends and folklore passed down through their oral traditions. Having gained a solid scientific background from his years of study at the University of Alberta, Todd has successfully combined years of theoretical knowledge with thousands of hours of hands-on practical experience in the depths of the Canadian wilderness. He has led two he has led dozens of expeditions into Bigfoot territories and has recorded two compelling pieces of video evidence. Todd's work will explain in no uncertain terms what these animals are, where they have managed to survive while civilization has continued to envelop this planet, how they have managed to evade modern man, and what must transpire to ensure the most man like primate on the planet 
guarantee their future in this rapidly changing environment. Todd's primary goal in his research and cooperation is to authenticate one of the most controversial issues in anthropology's history and illuminate mankind to the reality of what might be the most significant scientific discovery of our time. And we've had the pleasure of having Todd on the X-Zone two previous times. And Todd, welcome back. Great having you with us. Thanks for having me. Tell me, Todd, what have you been up to over the last two years? Uh, We have been uh, just expanding and growing and uh, cooperating with uh, all sorts of different people. After I took the documentary on tour and got uh, my species protection uh, uh, petition certified and whatnot, um, I started to meet back with the people that I'd met while I was touring my documentary, different uh, experts in the wilds, uh, forestry officers, even uh, scientists from as far away from as China, that were uh, just giving the information and cooperating with me, and uh, we were looking for a new research site that was permanently inhabited by this species commonly referred to as Bigfoot. And that's what we've, in uh, August of this year, we have definitively discovered a new site that is entirely uncompromised. Me and four, there are three other people in the world know about it, four of us in total, and uh, we are going to begin this definitive study of a Bigfoot. We're going to do everything that's... And actually, what, what our ultimate goal is, is to find an intact body that's expired due to natural causes. So that's what our focus is. And uh, also working on the American side of the petition, we were tremendously successful in Canada with our petition. We did everything we needed to do with that. And uh, the government of Canada was very reasonable with us and basically just said, look, when you find a body, here's the people you present it to. If these men look at a body, and an intact body, a fully intact body, sure. no more hair or feces because all that's been done, they want an intact body. And uh, once they've analyzed it and they, they agree that this is a new species of primate, in Canada I will immediately have my species protection. I won't have to go through all the, the, the red tape that you'd have to go through otherwise. And uh, working on that in the United States as well, the same thing where we want to be able to just present a body to the appropriate government officials. And the reason for that is, is as soon as this species is recognized, forestry officers and wildlife officers will have to come and help us. Right now, the first thing I ever did was I went to forestry officers and wildlife officers and I said, look at all this evidence I have. Come with me and help me. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't because there's no law. There's no recognition of the species whatsoever. So with not so much, and it is about protection, but it's also about getting the help, identifying the species, because this is, this is an enormous job too, even figuring out all the little habitats and different pockets that uh, these animals inhabit in the United States. Is going to be a tremendous amount of work, far beyond the capabilities of my cooperation. Todd, stand and, uh, by. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. Todd, standing as our very special guest of this hour, Exxon Nation, www.sylvanic.com, S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-C.com. And we're talking about the protection of Bigfoot this hour here on the Exxon, live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the all-new Exxon Broadcast Network and the Talkstar Radio Network. We'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break talking about Bigfoot. Don't go away. genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas. To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. 
It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal. Single item at regular price. Looking back on yesterday Because you hadn't seen sun You tend to disbelieve Though you've never known death When someone dies you grieve Though you've never seen the good Lord There's ones that worship Him each day Find them in the chapels and on their knees to pray. What's it take to be a believer? Todd Standing is my special guest this hour, XO Nation. His website is www.sylvanic.com. That's S Y L V A N I C.com. And we're talking about the protection of Bigfoot. Todd, I- I'd like to ask you a question at this point. Uh, first of all, congratulations on all the great work that you're doing to protect Bigfoot. My hat is off to you as well as to the Canadian government for taking it seriously. However, Todd, how come after all these years of of people combing the, the wilderness looking for a Bigfoot cadaver, one has not been found yet? It's, it, the species is, is so specialized. They, they do so many amazing things. Animals are amazing. They mm-hmm. do incredible things. Uh, but when it comes to primates, I mean, there's 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 so many reasons I can go over. Um, for example, like it's commonly known in the in the Bigfoot community, these animals are nocturnal, so do things at night. But uh, probably more importantly, um, I think it's because a community they thrive together, they exist together, and they're very aware that men are dangerous. Men kill things. Men are you know the most dangerous predator on the planet, and I, I think they do everything they can to to ensure that that men stay away and leaving footprints behind or tracks or, uh, or, or a body even perhaps would lead to the discovery of them or lead to, you know, perhaps a man with a rifle showing up. And I think they, they do everything they can to, to avoid that. Besides the fact that you're talking about a species that exists in very low numbers, like the species, you know, I, I've, I've met hunters who've hunted their whole lives in the wilderness and never found, you know, a bear skull or, or a mountain lion skull. So the wilderness really takes care of its own. It really, you know, and even if somebody did find a Bigfoot leg, they would just assume it, you know, it, it belongs to, 
to a bear or, a, or an elk. Like, how many anthropologists or, you know, professional forensic experts do you have out there in the wilderness looking for bones and analyzing these bones? And the answer is, you know, there, there's virtually none. And these animals, they don't, uh, they don't, ex- they have no tolerance for human habitation, at least from my studies. So there's, you know, even when you, when you do find bears and, and other animals, it's because they're, they're living close to, 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 to mankind. And these guys don't do that, don't tolerate humans whatsoever. And what do they do with their dead? I have no idea. There's evidence to show that uh, Neanderthals 60,000 years ago had a, even, even did stuff with their dead where they piled up their dead in certain spots. So perhaps it's something these animals do as well, where they bury their dead. I, I really, it's just speculation, I don't know, but... When you start to, like I have, when you really start to understand all the things that this amazing species does to, to avoid people, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't become some miracle of an impossibility. It really becomes very reasonable when you understand, even with a professional hunter. I'll sit down with a pro hunter and I'll, I'll talk to him why these animals have been, the most, the most coveted uh, uh, prey in North America pretty much is, is white-tailed bucks. They're extremely difficult to get in there. And, and I learned from, from uh, I guess you would call them civilized hunters, you know, what they look for and how they, they discover these animals. And when I sit down with a civilized hunter and I say, what if a white-tailed buck stood together in communities? Well, that would be tremendous. What if they uh, had no tolerance for human habitation? Well, you know, I'd never find them then. And I go through a few more things. What if they were nocturnal? You know, what if they, what if they uh, had high ground? What if in high ground they had a strategy to evade people? And you talk to a pro hunter, he'll tell you, well, if, if white-tailed bucks did that, you'd never get near them. And now this impossible species that's just, you know, nobody can get near is a reality. Like you can really start to understand how the reality of this can exist. Where did, are amazing. Where did your, your interest and your desire to help Bigfoot come from? Well, initially, I, uh, I was a skeptic. I didn't believe in it at all. I, had a, I, I contrived, uh, at, when I was in the University of Alberta, called a hoax and mistaken identity theory. And... Uh, it was with the First Nations people and, uh, and, and earning their trust and them earning mine that I started to understand. And after I shot two pieces of video footage, one that's online, video two and video three, um, I was the, the, the miracle of this reality, like the most man-like primate species is real. When that hits you, when you really understand that these animals are absolutely real, it's a miracle. And I don't know who wouldn't be inspired to you know, go forward and, and do what's right because I... I think that, that we should understand those species. I think we should learn to, to find a way to coexist with them, especially because civilization is, is taking away all the wilderness. And you can, you can annihilate this species without ever having proven its existence because they don't tolerate any human habitation. So as humans grow and expand, these animals lose habitat. And it doesn't take a genius to figure out loss of habitat equals loss of life. And these guys are dwindling species. As, ha- as, as civilization encroaches on them, they lose less and less habitat, and there's less and less of them. And, uh, and that's, that, you know, it doesn't make me happy because I, I feel like I have a responsibility, even with, especially with the First Nations people that have really entrusted me with so much knowledge. To them, I feel I owe this enormous responsibility because it's such a miracle these animals are real. And uh, what an amazing discovery. When people realize that these animals are real, it's going to shake up the scientific community right to its foundation. It's going to blow people away. And I'm excited about that. Todd, what is the history of Bigfoot with the members of the First Nation? We've always, in, in, in virtually every First Nation's language, every language I've, I've dealt with, they'll have a name for this animal. And it's not, it's not some kind of ghost or spirit. It's a, it's a name like a bear, like deer, Bigfoot. And they always have a name for it that has 
special reverence like uh, like Boss of the Mountain or Shadow Guardians of the Mountain. The the Sasquatch itself is actually mistranslated. It was translated to mean Wild Man of the Wilderness, and that's not the case. It's Wild Master of the Wilderness. And when you talk about people, First Nations people, who literally, when we first came here, we entirely were dependent on them for our survival. These people who have never been matched in their, their outdoor experience. Like when you talk about someone like Geronimo, he had his tribes hiding from American and Mexican governments permanently. They couldn't find him. It took another First Nations tractor to go find him and his people who were living in the mountains. And these people who have this incredible expertise know this species is real. It's almost you feel like a I feel like a fool looking back at myself going to First Nations people and, and being absolutely sure these animals aren't real and going to them who are absolute experts, you know, 20,000 years experience here, at least, arguably, and telling them, oh, yeah, you believe in Bigfoot? No, 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 you're crazy. And that's, that's, that's where it starts. And when you start like that with First Nations people, it's really disrespecting them. It's like going to a heart surgeon and telling them his business. Like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, the man's, you know, he's got eight years of school and he's an expert. And First Nations people, they... They live and breathe this stuff, half the people that I deal with. They're, they're outdoor experts, and they don't think this species is real. They absolutely know it. And uh, it's, it's, it's crossing that boundary, crossing that barrier, because I was, you know, I was born and raised on cement my whole life. I don't know anything about the wilderness. And if you see how incredible these First Nations trackers are, like they'll, they'll follow a trail running, and I don't know what the heck, like how he's following this. People, a question I was asked recently was, there's all these uh, still cameras like in, uh, in Virginia or, or Kentucky somewhere. Apparently there's tens of thousands of still cameras all over the place and they never get a shot of Bigfoot. Well, if you, if you knew wow. the expertise this species would have, like they can, when you're born and raised in the wilderness and you're taught by other wilderness experts on how to look and how you, the, the wilderness becomes a different view for you. Like everything is different. The whole, you see things, you perceive things differently. And they would see those cameras a mile. They would see your tracks leading to a camera like like a like a big fluorescent line to them. And you just when you get down to that kind of experience and knowledge and expertise, it's it's so far above us that you know some people think they're ahead. They're so far behind. You, you, and you know, I really Todd, experience that. You know, Todd, I look at the world a little differently than most people that 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 are in the media. I believe that humans are at the very bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the animals kingdom. Yeah. We're yeah. at the bottom because the other animals that we are blessed to share this world with, they don't cause wars. They don't kill unnecessarily. They don't yeah. deprive each other of, of food. They protect each other. They work yeah. together in communities. We can learn a lot from the animals that we share the earth with. And then members of the First Nations, whether it's in the United States or Canada, they realized this thousands and thousands of years ago. And yet we're so yeah. damn naive that we don't stop and listen and learn. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's uh, just if, any study of animals. I always try to, like I've been studying other primates and even getting off into to especially uh, specialized sensory perceptions like bats. And I recently learned about dolphins. Dolphins are incredible oh, gosh, animals. Oh, yes. yes and we, we abuse them. A dolphin from hundreds of meters away can look at a woman and see she's pregnant. They can see with their sonar. They can see your heart rate and your lungs that you're breathing, like inside your body. And people, people wonder... And I believe Bigfoot, or this species, has uh, a sensory perception that's some, somehow specialized as well. And uh, people are how can an animal do that? Well, how can a bat pick a mosquito out of the air when it's in pitch exactly. black and it's blind? Exactly. You know, animals do incredible things. Yes. And this species is, it's actually, I believe, obviously, this species is the most man-like species on the planet. And uh, I just, a lot of, a lot of the, the people that don't agree with what I'm doing have the perception that 
that this species should be left alone, they've survived alone, that, that bridging that gap between civilization and, and this species would be detrimental to them. And they may be right. I, that's something that I sort of that I, that I think about and toil with every day, but I believe that when primatologists and scientists understand the reality of the species, I believe everything will change dramatically. I believe primatologists will jump right on board. I mean, there's so many people that do have passion and love animals, and so it's people that I want to convince of this, and when they get on board and they start you know, uh, participating in this cooperation, I know and I absolutely believe that humanity can can make this step and start protecting species, because this species can't be put in a zoo. Tom, I know First Nations people that'll, that'll die before they ever see that happen. They have a, a, an enormous reverence for this species, and I'm very much on board with that, and that's something, you know, that we're going to have to... It's going to be different with this species. Yeah. I think even right now with primates, there's a, there's a question about, about sentience, and do mm-hmm. they have enough consciousness to make it immoral to keep them in captivity? And I, I absolutely know that this species does have enough of that sentience where it qualifies to fall into that category to be inhumane to put it in zoos. I don't know, and, Todd. Uh, I don't agree with zoos. I, I never have. I never will. I don't believe animals should be penned up. And is it possible, Todd, that Bigfoot is the missing link that science has been looking for for so long? I don't, I don't, I don't support that at all. Just, I, I believe that... They've evolved separately. I believe they have their own, because there's so many things unique about them. When you've seen uh, the really, really good footprints. Hey, hey Todd, you, you and I have to take a commercial break with the news. I want to thank you so much for coming on, and once again, congratulations on the great work that you've done and that you're still thank doing you. to protect Bigfoot. Todd Standings, our special guest, Exxon Nation. Visit his website, www.sylvanic.com, www.sylvanic.com. Todd and I will be back on the other side of this news break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and the Talkstar Radio Network. By the way, the iTunes are back up and running. So there you go, Exxon Nation. You brought it to our attention. We moved, we acted, we rectified, we fixed, and everything's back to normal. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in this is your sign to thank them and if you're that friend this is us saying thank you now get a sausage McMuffin sausage biscuit sausage burrito or hash browns choose two for $2.50 enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2 price of participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal single item at regular price Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. 
All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. This was what you think I've seen Something strange you know Sasquatch sitting on the side of his knee And he was talking to Marcus and Joe Well, the party they gonna have Out in the St. John's walls Sasquatch doing a brand new dance And he called it the Bigfoot Stall Do the Bigfoot Buggy Yeah, the Bigfoot Buggy Sasquatch dancing around the two Bigfoot boogie in the parallel ground. Eddie Lizard, he a beating the drums, and Marcus and George, he's a running his guns. Stan the Snake, he's a playing the bass, and he's a. Welcome back, everyone. Todd Standing is my special guest. We're talking about Bigfoot this hour. And um, I'd just like to read you a, a release that uh, came out a while ago. It's uh, from Todd, a Sylvanic Bigfoot press release. The United States government is called upon to vote on the issue of species protection for Bigfoot. The group of independent researchers that had their petition for species protection certified and tabled before the House of Commons in Canada is now following through with the same work in the United States. Canadian citizen Todd Standing and his team have chosen United States Congressman Earl Blumenauer of Oregon to present our species protection petition to Congress. Our petition in Canada was a tremendous success in that it allowed us to make the appropriate connections with the branch of government that is responsible for the implementation of species protection. Because of this uh, preemptive work, the moment we have an intact body for this branch of government to examine, we will have our species protection. And uh, the release goes on to say it has been decided to go Fourth, with the next stage of species protection, because we have def, uh, definitively discovered a new habitat permanently inhabited by species commonly referred to as Bigfoot. This habitat is completely uncom- uh, uncompromised and unknown to anyone outside of our research group. Our ongoing study of this habitat began in August of 2009. The first priority of our observations is to discover an intact, recently deceased body that has expired due to natural causes without disturbing the group of animals that reside there. This body will be used to establish legal protection and recognition of the species throughout Canada and the United States. Consequently, wildlife and forestry officers will be required to take action. With our help, other Bigfoot habitats habitats across the continent will be identified and protected. Todd Standing is our special guest, XO Nation. Hats off to Todd for the great work that he's doing with his group. His website is www.sylvanic.com, S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-C.com. Now, because of the work that you're doing in Canada and the United States, once the Bigfoot is recognized and protected under Canadian law, I, I would imagine, Todd, and correct me if I'm wrong, that other countries around the world were Bigfoot inhabits will automatically follow suit and will won't the united nations also get involved at that point uh i would hope so i i, I know china is mm-hmm. on board immediately I, in fact i think china has already taken precautionary measures to that effect 
um, when I played my documentary in Calgary uh, a couple years ago, I had some sci- uh, some uh, professors from Beijing University come and meet with me and mm-hmm. uh, and show me about even it's it's in the public archives on Wikipedia uh, Lang Langchun China where the first ever Bigfoot domicile was discovered back in the 60s and they'll talk all about it where they found teeth from Gigantopithecus which is I believe the same species and uh, they they they're the experts they're the Gigano experts and that's the Yeti there. Uh, years ago, they actually financed me for, for a couple of years, and uh, what they were looking for was they were waiting for me to have definitive DNA from Bigfoot because they wanted to cross-reference that with the Yeti DNA and prove that they're a related species. But um, apparently they got that DNA from somebody in Ontario, actually, because uh, I know they were collaborating with the two of us, and they got back to me and said, we've got everything we need. You know, Good luck, and we'll help you out with any way you can. Mm-hmm. And when your species protection and recognition comes through, we'll be right there with you. But uh, they've got everything they need from from somebody, and I don't know what discovery was made in Ontario. I met with those gentlemen um, a couple years ago too in Edmonton when I had my documentary here. But uh, they were very quiet about with what they had, the knowledge that they had, and and everything they were doing. And they just uh, they, they again said they supported me, but I I didn't even know how to contact them. So and, and hats off to them for all the work they're doing, whatever it is, but uh, and all the success they've had. But there are people out there that know. There are people out there that are they're doing work and and really getting places with it. And I think China is at the forefront. You know, there's been, there's been so much DNA and significant evidence has come out of China. It's been in a dozen documentaries. And uh, they know their stuff. I think they're the Gigantopithecus experts. And uh, I believe the government's involved in everything. And uh, they, they really had a big uh, conference. I had about I had two four-hour meetings with these gentlemen with an interpreter. And they have tremendous evidence. They have an, a significant knowledge. They're even They're even comparing the habits and the behaviors that that Bigfoot does that I know of precisely to what the Yeti does. Like, wow. for example, in Langchun, China, the domicile is up on a mountain. Well, I only know how to, to, to track these animals and, and, and find them in the mountains. And everything they do, everything, like the, the fact that they're nocturnal, um, the, the way they live in caves, everything is, is precisely on board. And this is, this is evidence that we're talking that's uh, over 100,000 year, 100, years old that they've made public. And uh, it's they're the experts, yeah. Their their knowledge is tremendous. So, and and obviously, I believe this is not a missing link. It is the descendant of Gigantopithecus, or it is Gigantopithecus itself that's uh, just evolved separately as a different primate. So, yeah. Tell me, what was it like the very first time that you saw Bigfoot? I, I, I you actually saw Bigfoot. Yeah, I was on two different occasions. I have two videos that I shot. Uh, Video two was online. When that day happened, there there are no words. I was I was pretty much in absolute disbelief. I wanted I wanted to somehow figure out that I thought the First Nations people were were using this mythos to scare people away. And when I saw that animal, and there's a feeling that you get, you know, there's something more than that. And then and then you stand up there where the animal was ten minutes ago. And you look at where it went, and you go, a human being can't do that. Like it rock climbed here and jumped across this mountain. A man couldn't do that. This isn't, a, this isn't something in a suit. And then even more so than that, it was that night when those animals came back and were what I would use term as dominating us around our tent at night because they're nocturnal, and that's when they were around our tent doing things at night. That's when I – it was just like a punch in the face. This is, this is an absolute reality. You wake up and you hear some animal – fly through the woods and, and smoke up this rock face like nothing on earth could do. And you were that's not, that's not a ghost. That's, you're, you know, I'm with other people. We all witnessed that. And it's, uh, it's a reality, you know. At, at first I was terrified, you know, and it, it just changed. 
it changes your thinking because I'm such a civilized person. I'm so bred, you know, on, on glass. It's such a miracle. Mm-hmm. It just inspired me so dramatically. But the re- just, I had to keep saying it to myself. I even do it to this day. The reality of this species is such a miracle. Like, it's amazing. And they're a peaceful animal that, that, that you know, co- that coexists with other animals in the wilderness. They live in equilibrium, in peace. You know, they and I just have such an admiration for them and a respect, like like the way people feel about you know whales and dolphins, and and the way other primatologists feel about you know chimpanzees and gorillas. These animals are amazing, and I just I'm I'm so inspired by that. You know, I, I'm and it's the truth. That's that's what inspires me too. It's the absolute truth of it all. That's what I tell people that are skeptics. You want you need to focus on something. You need to have some goal in your mind. And if you're thinking about proving that this isn't real. You'll, you'll prove it somehow in your own mind. But if you're definitively looking for the truth, and that's what I tell people, because that's ultimately what I was looking for, is the absolute truth. I don't care if I'm wrong. I want to know what the truth is. And that's what I went out looking for was absolute truth, the facts. And I got it. And I believe and that is the truth. So. Todd, Todd, is it hypothetical that we may be living amongst other species that have yet been discovered by, by us because they are that much more advanced and they really know how to avoid us and avoid detection? Oh, that's such, I, I, I don't even know where to begin there. I, I don't, there's so many other areas to go into. I know this species is real. And for me to, to sit here and say, well, that's not possible if anything else would be, would be absolutely ignorant. So, but uh, the miracle of this species is real. And it really, what I hope too it accomplishes, it really gives people a good slap in the face to say, look, like we don't know everything. We have so much to learn. Like when I was in university and I was, you know, dealing with professors, they are so. If it's not in the book, that's not the way it is, and they don't care to think outside the box. But the but Todd, but them. Todd, we know for a fact that even though they, you know, that that the that the professors and the scientists and the historians have been lying to us over the yeah, years. Oh, so so why would they stop now? Uh, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, I think I think if anything, it's it's our responsibility to. To push the truth, I agree. the truth, the truth will always, you know, it's 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 integrity, in lies and deceit, it all falls through. It's a sickness, it, and it just it has no power against. The truth is up there with love, integrity, honesty, f- like friendship. Like yeah. these are these are the things that make you strong. And if you just focus on those things and strive for those things, you're making mankind better. You're making the world a better place. Todd, standing as my special guest, Exo Nation, I just listened to the, to the conviction in this young man's voice and uh, by the way Todd's son is going to be a year old tomorrow so to your son Todd happy birthday from the Exxon Nation thank you are there Bigfoot reports from around the world or is Bigfoot just localized to you know China Japan the Himalayas uh, the Pacific Northwest of Canada and the United States or are there countries in Europe that also have a, a family member of Bigfoot I don't, I don't think Europe. I've never heard much from Europe. Not in recent history, that's for sure. Certainly Australia. They have the Yowie there, and uh, I've been cooperating with people there. I had a good look for about, uh, about a month. We had a good hard look at the terrain in Australia and to do with the Yowie. And uh, they're probably, the Yowie would probably be more comparable to what uh, Bigfoot in the uh, southern United States does. Because in truth, I wouldn't know how to, to study these animals in the swamp. That's not what I study, and, and I'm sure they exist there, but they're, they're doing things entirely different from the animals I'm studying in the mountains, and I have to focus on my work. I, I believe this work is it, it's just such a husbandry. It takes so much. I, I could spend a lifetime just working on Rocky Mountain Gigantopithecus. 
So some of the somebody else is going to go have to do the you know figure out how they evade and what they do in in the glades in the swamps in the in the flats in the prairies. Right. And uh, there's there's just so much. But uh, I think once people start to to see the truth, when scientists and you know primatologists and anthropologists can see it, then they'll start seeing it in other places. And uh, and that's what we do. And and I, I love the mountains. I, I love Canada. I love I love the mountains all the way into the United States. They're so so beautiful. And uh, I, I really, for the most part, I really enjoy my work, except except for the the wild animals, the bears and the mountain lions, and that. <laughs> it's it's pretty scary, you know. And uh, something I've been trying to do for the last couple of years that I need probably your help with, Rob, is I've been looking for uh, someone from the media that I want to take, somebody who doesn't believe in Bigfoot, a skeptic, somebody who's you know got a, a powerful name and a, and a reputation for integrity. I want to take somebody like that out on an expedition with me. Mm-hmm. I want to videos with him. I want him to gather physical evidence. I want him to become a part of my, my work. And uh, just because it's such an amazing thing to see somebody's transformation. And I want to document it. And I want to, I want to get somebody like that on board because I know I can. It's easy. If somebody sees what I see, they'll believe. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I don't care how skeptical you are. When you get within 30, 40 meters of one of these guys, when you can do what I can do now, when you feel them, when they're around you, you I don't care who you are, you'll believe. And with night vision cameras and all the technology that we have now, I'd like to take somebody out and, uh, you know, expand my cooperation significantly and get somebody like that on board because it will be tremendously helpful for the, for the petition for species protection, too. I want, I'm going to have so many people there. When I present a body to the governments of Canada and the United States, I'm going to have you there, Rob. I'm going to have people there. You can take your own hair sample, your own DNA. You're going to take photographs. I want multiple. There's not going to be a conspiracy with this. No. There's going to be 20 people there of integrity and men of honor that are going to say, I saw that body go off to these men. You know what I mean? Yeah, I sure do. You're not going to pull another uh, Biscardi stunt. No, no, no. Oh, no. Actually, ultimately, to be honest, I would like the media to be the last to know. I'd like to present this to the government. I'd like the media to find out when the government says these are, this is a protected species. And the media wow. says, what the heck just happened? Exactly. Because this man presented a body three months ago. And uh, that would be the ultimate way. Actually, I'd like to meet to find out after forestry officers are protecting them. Like, why are forestry officers going up there to protect them? Well, this guy presented a body three months ago, and this has all been implemented. And if they're the last to know, that's great with me. That's, that's the ultimate way to do it. Even, even you can tell how it's, it's a Why are you going to the media? What the heck are they going to do for you? You know? Well, why are you going to CNN? What, I've been going to CNN for, for years. They won't do anything to help me or, or even disprove me or, or, or open their mind to what I'm well, saying. Well, that's because, Todd, it, you're serious. You're a serious researcher. You're not one of these Yahoo bimbos like Tom Biscardi who brings these other two guys aboard and they have a, a, a gorilla suit frozen in a freezer. You are a serious, dedicated, well-educated person who wants mm-hmm. to do things the right way. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was actually uh, some radio show uh, th- two or three years ago. I went on, had a primatologist from a, a major university come on with me, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I kept up with them. Work, you know, I, I've, I've been studying this stuff. This is my life. This is what I do. Like I have a post-secondary background, and when he started to realize that I, I'm not, I'm not joking. This is yeah. real. And I'll, I'll, t- I'll ecologically tell you about their behavior. Like I have a, a significant knowledge. But with that being said, how tremendous would it be for us to have a primatologist join our crew? And I've been meeting or trying to meet with people from the Jane Goodall Foundation and primatologists from all over the world to say, you would be so helpful to me because you, 
there's so much more to hands-on experience. People that have been around gorillas and chimpanzees, not theoretical book stuff that I could read, but people that actually know about their mannerisms and whatnot, that would be so helpful to us. And for so long, I've been trying to get a primatologist to jump on board, and you don't have to believe. Come out here to disprove me, my friend, and me and one other person, a primatologist or, or, you know, a big-name person from the BBC, I will take you and I will show you. It can't be a crew of 10 people. That's ridiculous. People that take you out, you know, if I took out 10 people with cameras and lights, we're not going to see a moose. Never mind an elk, never mind a buck, never mind the most elusive species on the, prim- on the planet. And that scares people. The reality of it scares people. Todd, stand by, buddy. You and I have to take our final break. We're going to have to have you back on, sure. Todd, because this is, a non- this is going to be an ongoing story, and we will help you any way we can. Todd Standing is okay, my special guest, www.sylvanic.com, S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-C.com. Todd and I will be back as we wrap up tonight's show here on the Exxon from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network and Talk Star Radio. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. everyone i'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight andre van heerden and i talked about the shadow government in hour number one hour number two richard p jackson and i discussed exorcisms demonic possession and evil hour number three jeff not our resident healthcare expert and i discussed the u.s health care fiasco and my guest this hour is a young man who's making a positive difference when it comes to bigfoot he is actually getting the government in canada and the United States now to protect Bigfoot. 
His name is Todd Standing. His website is www.sylvanic.com, S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-C.com. Todd, there are so many groups, organizations that call themselves researchers, Bigfoot researchers, Sasquatch researchers. Are, are, you know, they, 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 they go out to try and document the existence of Bigfoot. Are they hindering the process or are they aiding in the process? Well, I think there's, there's a big difference between people that are out there for the business of Bigfoot, mm-hmm. trying to make a profit by selling a book or, you know, by promoting a website that has, you know, other information where they make pay-per-click kind of dollars. And I don't really understand that. People that are doing it in that facet have a tendency to be very negative towards actual legitimate researchers. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not for that. But there, there are groups out there that, you know, I can't chastise them because I made mistakes. Yeah. I, I, I did things that were foolish. And if anything, I'd like to cooperate with people like that. Anybody calls me, asks me questions, sends me an email. I mean, I have, I have 12, 15 people now all working with me that have a tremendous knowledge of these animals. And when somebody asks me, you know, should I go out there and throw a net over one? Hell no. Like, you don't, this is a community of animals, my friend. You throw a net over one, and 10 are going to come out of the woodwork. You know, like, don't do that. And it's, it's whatever I can do to educate people and help people in, in the discovery of this is... I'm all for it. Even even it may very well not be me that finds a body, but when a body is discovered, I want my protection. And that's the other thing that I did with the Canadian government and I want to guarantee in the United States as well is when our body is discovered, this is still here. Don't forget it. I want that protection. The reality of this species, I can take it to the next level. Even if it's discovered by accident, whatever way, you know, and, and, and the majority of people that I've that I've had associations with are really good about their research. They try, you know, they, they do the best they can. And, but it's all about cooperation. You've got to cooperate. It's something that even I've learned over the past two or three years that the First Nations people have taught me you've got to cooperate. They extended an olive branch with me, and they trusted me with so much, and I've got to do the same thing. You've got to cooperate. People, people if you have a big rock in the middle of the ground, this is just basic physics, and four people are pushing it in different directions, that rock is never going to move. But if you all say, hey, come and push in this one way, that rock will move. The biggest rock in the world can move when people push in the right direction. And you have to cooperate to do that. Todd, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. We've run out of time. We'll have you back on in the near future. If you need us, we're here for you, Todd. We really admire what you're doing and the reasons why you're doing it. Todd Standing has been our guest this hour, Exxon Nation. www.sylvanic.com So until tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, when once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon, from everyone here to everyone out there, take care of each other and always, always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night now. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.